Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, church family, so uh, excited to talk about hearing uh, from, from the Lord today. We're talking about hearing His voice. And so here on Tuesday of next week, you're going to see one of our 10-minute Tuesdays with these two brothers here, Matt and James, uh, sharing their heart on how to hear the Lord's voice and what that looks like. So I hope you guys can tune into that. But on this Sunday morning, I want to give them an opportunity just to take a clip uh, from that conversation um, so that we can begin to press in on hearing the Lord's voice. And so, James, I know you got some things you want to share practically on that. Yeah, I, I just want to speak to some of those out there that say, I, I, I never hear the voice of the Lord, or I don't know what it is, or, or I even struggle reading the scriptures and understanding those things. And, and you just find yourself frustrated. And I used to get frustrated a lot. Yeah. Uh, people around me hear the voice of the Lord. It seems like 10 times easier than I do. <laughs> right. Then I finally recognized, no, he's speaking to me. It's just in a different way. Uh, but what really, one of the things that I've learned is I believe he speaks yeah. scripturally. And so by faith, I know he's going to speak. And then I let the burden of the speaking be on him instead yeah. of the hearing on me because I'll just I'll just struggle and wrestle oh, with good, with yeah. the oh did I hear it did I hear it? and I'll sit there for thirty minutes I'm like I didn't hear anything nothing that's happened so yeah uh, and so what I've learned to do is Lord uh, I'll ask him Lord I don't understand it. I just read this in Scripture and that's really good but how does that play out or how does that work in my life yeah and I let the question just hang there yeah and uh, and then I'll wait days sometimes because mm-hmm. I don't put a time limit on it. I say. I believe you're going to teach me that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'll have a conversation with somebody or I'll uh, maybe hear something or I'll open the scriptures again or I'll be in prayer and all of a sudden things begin to make sense. That's so good. And I didn't, I didn't force anything to happen. I waited. I said, Lord, these are, this is what's in my heart. Will you speak to me? And I wait for him oh, to speak. And he's so faithful every single time yeah. to, to bring that conversation around full circle and teach me what that is. And I'll, sometimes in the middle of it, I'm just listening. Like, oh, this is really good. And then I realize, oh, he's answering my question. That's good. Man. And so I encourage you to begin to ask questions of the Lord. And he speaks and he will speak. Oh, he'll he'll do that. I'm by faith believing yeah. that he speaks and he will speak in the timing that he wants to speak to me. That's so and good. So it's by faith in yeah. there. And so yeah. sometimes even when I open the scriptures and it does come quick, it's still by faith, I believe away as well and i'd add one thing quick in that you know in the in the word there's two greek words yeah there's the word logos yeah which is the written word of god yeah. and then is the word rhema which yes. also so matthew 4 4 says every word that i speak and so that is the rhema word and so often yes. i think people that give a word to say hey and i've got a word of the lord yeah and if you don't understand you're like uh, you're getting nervous. Like, wait, <laughs> what does that mean? One second, you're yeah. right. And it's like, no, 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 we're not adding scripture. Here. Yes. The Logos words, the written word, we don't yeah. change that. Very clear. I think we yeah. understand that. Yeah. The rhema is the voice of God. It can come from here. Yes. I'm reading the word. And why do I read every scripture that's living and active? Mm-hmm. And on that day, it's like, wait a second. That one's, I've read that a thousand yeah. times. Or the Lord gives me a fresh word, a rain. It's His voice, Amen. and that's the rhema. So I would—that's what I would say so to good. distinguish those two things: logos and Amen. rhema. Rhema is His spoken word. Word. Amen. All right, do you guys know what we're talking about today? Hearing from the Lord. All right. And so uh, Tuesday, this next Tuesday, we put out our 10-minute Tuesdays, just a quick leadership equip uh, moment for you to kind of press into some the conversation, about 10 minutes, get equipped in that. And so we're talking about hearing from 
the voice of the Lord. There's a conversation, about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of training in that. And so I encourage you to tune into that. Uh, but we want to talk about it because we think it is about how he fills us. He gives us, he, he, he fills us with his fruit and he talks about the fruit of the spirit. And, and that's one of his roles, to fill us with this fruit. Another one of his roles is empowerment. Which we live out the kingdom of God. And then we talked about last week that he's got a gifting nature, a role where he gifts us. That every single person in here has a gift of the Holy Spirit to live out the purposes that the Lord has given you. So he's filling, he's empowering, he's gifting, and then we're going to talk about a role of the Holy Spirit in our life is that he allows us to hear the voice of the Lord. I think that you need the Holy Spirit in your heart to do some work to hear the voice of the Lord. Here's how I know that. Even believers, or even non-believers, those that don't know Jesus, that are far from him, Scripture says that no one comes to the Father but who has been drawn by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit goes out, does a little work cultivating the heart, even in those that don't know him, and then the Lord speaks into their heart work to hear his voice. And it's a big deal on Pentecost Sunday. Here Jesus says to his disciples, don't do ministry don't go out on the streets, don't do anything yet, but get together and pray and wait on the Holy Spirit to come. So they're gathered in this upper room and they've been praying together and they've been doing life together, praying and seeking the Lord, and then something happens that we said prophesied in Joel chapter two, comes in Acts chapter two, verse one, and here's what happens. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. I'm going to give a plug again of saying tonight we're having an upper room posture of our heart. We're going to get together at 6 o'clock. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for fresh wind, fresh fire. Amen? And this is what they did. 120 of them got together in an upper room and said, we want what you want. We want what you promised Jesus. And Jesus brought it and the Holy Spirit came upon the place. And here's what happened it says in verse 2, and suddenly, this was a quick moment, they were praying in, and then all of a sudden, this thing started to roll, and suddenly, there came from heaven a sound. So what they read on earth, like they realized the sound that came into the room was not something that they, that, like on planet earth, like they realized, like this is from heaven. They recognized that what was happening in the room was not natural, but something from the Lord. And the only way they could describe it, they said, it's like a, a, a mighty rushing wind. So I want you to think of a torrent of wind, and it comes down in a room, and everybody's going, this is not normal, right? Like, this is unusual. This is the only language that they could use. It was like a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. And here's what happened. And divided tongues as of fire. So they're seeing these things rest upon each one. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. God's speaking to them through the Holy Spirit. And the only language they can use to describe it is that it's like tongues that look like they're on fire, right? And he says, these divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on them. And here's the key, and they were all, somebody say all. all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The key is no one was left out in that upper room. God didn't say, you know what, you're not pressing in hard enough, you're out. <laughs> Every single person in that upper room was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then right after that, you'll read 
And they all began to speak in tongues, and people from different languages that were gathered in Jerusalem began to hear the gospel in their language. And people came to know the Lord. There was a move of God through the Holy Spirit where God was speaking to his people. And I'm telling you, and I'm believing today in my heart that we tune with the Holy Spirit to we need a breakthrough in our hearts, and we need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to hear that the Lord is speaking to us today. We say this a lot in here that most people, most Christians, most circles of Christians are really, really good with the fact that the Lord speaks to you. All right, or, yeah, that, that you speak to the Lord, that you pray, that you press in, that you have a prayer life. Most people are really good with that. There's certain, though, Christians that get a little weirded out when you start saying the Lord speaks to you, right? The Lord speaks to me, here's what he's saying. There's just like, oh, what does that mean? Like, I'm good that you pray, what do you mean he speaks to you? And so it creates some tension. When I was growing up in, 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 in my childhood, my dad pastor, and so he had a relationship with the Lord where he would use that language. Like, I pray to the Lord, and the Lord speaks to me, and he would use that language. And I remember growing up in church life where I always longed. I said, man, I want the Lord to speak to me. And so throughout that childhood and, and, and teen years and even in the college years, I had this longing of my heart for the Lord to speak to me. And I even like, I would study those books where it says, put a chair here and then put an empty chair here and sit in this chair and pretend that the Lord is in the room with you. And I would walk out going, now I'm alone and have no friends, right? Like I'm in college where really a desperate time in my life of not knowing the next steps that I was supposed to take and, and really hadn't been pursuing the Lord, but I cried out in desperation of going, Lord, I know you speak. It's what your word says. I want you to speak to me. And then I got this thought of going, I'm going to look up in the clouds and see if he speaks to me in the clouds. Anybody cloud people in here? And then the bunny got swallowed by something that looked like a, something like, looks like a bunny. Lord, are you saying something about a bunny? And then the bunny got swallowed by something that looked like a crocodile, all right? Like, it must not have been the Lord, all right? So I'm desperate for the Lord and what I really spirit and without opening my heart to him him to try to speak to me without the work of the Holy Spirit and without opening my heart to him. I had a heart issue, I had a Holy Spirit issue. I didn't want to be tethered to the Holy Spirit because I knew that he was telling me to walk in a different direction than I wanted to. And I knew in my heart that if I began to open my heart too wide for the Lord that he'd come in and invade every space. Do you guys know what I'm saying? And so I was closed off a bit in my heart and I was not willing to let the Holy Spirit have my whole life and the Lord goes, then you're not going to hear it. And I think that there's a lot of tension in, 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 in our hearts of going, I want the Lord to speak to me, but I don't want him to take over. About <laughs> For just a moment, I want you to think about for just a moment in your life that the worst marital problem that you go, to, go through or the worst relationship issue or the worst broken family um, that feels like they're out there, did you know that one word of the Lord could change it all? Just one word of the Lord could restore, redeem, renew. This is why the enemy is so bent, he's hell-bent on you not hearing the voice of the Lord in your life. You're one, you could be one word away from breakthrough in your life. So the enemy wars against you and I getting to hear the voice of the Lord in our life. But I find it interesting, do you know when we run to try to hear the voice of the Lord most in our life? When we're in trouble. <laughs> when we're in desperate need. 
We, we don't chase after the Lord in the daily when things are just okay and life is just kind of going on. In those days, we're like, yeah, I'm good. I pray for a minute and then I go on my day. But when everything implodes around us, that's when we hit our knees. And somehow in that moment, we're like, Lord, speak to me. And he was like, oh, man, where were you the rest of the time, right? Like, I've been wanting to, but you only chase me. You only open your heart up and you only want the Holy Spirit when it's convenient, which means that you're down in the dumps. And I think that the Lord has a word for every single heart in this room if we open our heart up and we trust the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Just a little continuation from last week, Paul uses a lot of language on the body of Christ. And we talked a little bit about this. Colossians 1.18 says, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. So here we are as the church, we're the body, we're doing our things. We don't have to fight over the head. Jesus is the head. And then he's telling the body what to do. How do we know that? Because the head always directs the body. Your arm doesn't tell you where to go. Unless there's something all wires are off, all right? Your arm doesn't tell you where to go. Your leg doesn't tell you where to go. Your mind, your, your, your mind, your head takes the information, sends it throughout your body, says when to step, when to move. So this is the way that we're supposed to operate. And here's how I know this to be true. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul tells us, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Look what he says. But we, somebody say we. We. This as the head is that we have the mind of Christ and we can operate through to listen to him, to wind of Christ, then to function the way he wants us to function. To listen to him, to walk with him, to move with him. When our flesh gets in the way and we're not walking in the spirit, that's when there's tension. So he communicates with the Holy Spirit to our spirit and then the, our spirit begins to communicate through the Holy Spirit's power to listen to him and to do what he calls us to do. Listen to the, whole, the, the Holy Spirit's role in your life according to Jesus in John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. So you've got the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Father is speaking to his Spirit, and the Spirit's coming down and hearing it, and then he says this, but he, what, what he will speak to whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. So the Father is speaking, God is speaking to your life, the Holy Spirit is hearing it and coming and revealing it to you. Now here's why this is so cool. In verse 14, he says, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has, Jesus says, is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now I want you to think of all that the Father has, all that God has. All the empowerment, all the breaking free and, and healing and wisdom. And Jesus is saying, all that the Father has is mine and the Holy Spirit's going to declare it to you. How many believe that freedom would come from that knowledge? And so this is why it's so important to tune in and listen to what God is speaking in your life. Because your freedom is dependent upon it. <laughs> when you begin to get that knowledge and you hear the voice of the Lord in your life, you begin to walk in that freedom. So... The question then is, are we listening and tuning our heart into the Holy Spirit? There's two words that Scripture says we can do to the Holy Spirit, though, on the negative side. It says we can quench him and grieve him. 
We can quench him. We've talked a little bit about that. We can douse him. Like he's, he's moving and burning and things are happening. We can quench him. But the word grieve to me really struck my heart this week. Because to grieve someone means that you, you've done something against them, right? And I was picturing this in the conversation. I can see that the Holy Spirit is like trying to speak into our life at times. And he's trying to tell us this marvelous revelation of the Lord. And we're like, I don't have time for that. And we walk away. And he's grieved that we're not hearing the voice of the Lord. He's grieved that we're walking away from moments of freedom, moments of breakthrough, moments of healing, moments of wisdom and revelation. Amen, church? There's a grieving that takes place in his life. And so we open our hearts then to the work of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says over 15 different times, I want to give you some practical application here in just a moment. Over 15 different times Jesus says these words, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So if he says it one time in scripture, I believe it. But in 15 different times, he's trying to shape our hearts that God is constantly talking. And the question is, are we listening? Even in the Old Testament, Isaiah 55, 3, Isaiah prophesies what the Lord speaks to him. He says, incline your ear and come to me. Listen to this. Listen that you may live. He says, your life, your life is so tethered to how you hear the Lord. And then Jesus gives one of the greatest analogies in John chapter 10, starting with verse 3. And he's going to give this analogy of a shepherd and sheep. And if you've ever known a shepherd and a sheep, the sheep will follow the shepherd wherever they go. And so Jesus, in this analogy, is going to talk about you and I and him by using the shepherd and the sheep. Here's a couple excerpts from that. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out, and he has gathered his own flock he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. So you've got the shepherd walking in front, and all of the sheep are following this guy that they've done life with. They trust his voice. What they know is that the guy that's in front of them somehow always leads them to a place of source of food, somehow always leads them to a place of water, somehow always leads them to a place of provision, somehow always leads them to a place of protection. That's what they know about the guy in front of them. So when they hear his voice, they're in tune of going, when I follow that guy, things seem to work itself out in my life. That doesn't mean there's not wolves. When I'm with that guy, somehow life works itself out. Now, he tells us the other side of this. They won't follow, verse 5. So in tune of going, that guy I trust, but all these other voices, I can recognize them. I'm not going to go that direction. So here, I believe the Lord is saying, if you run into some walls and you run into some obstacles that you just can't seem to get around, maybe the voice in which you were following that moment wasn't the voice of the Lord's. And then he'll say this, they will come and go freely, they will find good pastures, the thief's purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy, my purpose is to give them life, a rich, satisfying, abundant life, they will listen to my voice, there will be one flock with one shepherd. I just want to give you quickly four ways in which I think you can hear from the Lord. There's probably others. These are four of the main ways that I think that you can hear from the Lord. The very first one is that he has an audible voice. The Lord has a voice. Um, in Acts chapter 9, verse 11, you'll see that uh, Paul, who was Saul, had his conversion. He fell off of his horse. Um, the Lord spoke to him. 
Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He goes blind, so he's in another house. And this guy named Ananias is a disciple of, of, of Jesus, and the Lord calls to him in a vision, but he hears these words audible. And listen to what it says. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias, that's you, come and place his hands on him and restore his sight. Now, I would tell you right now, that's pretty good directions, right? I wish the Lord would download more street names to me right now. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. And not only that, but hey, when you get to that house, you're going to find a guy inside praying, all right? I mean, he gives him details exactly where to go. How many of you guys believe that when Ananias listened to the Lord and did what he was called to do on this one, every time after this, he knew he could trust the voice of the Lord? Because in obedience, he walked to a guy who was a killer of Christians, Paul was a killer of Christians, he walks in there, he's got detailed, here's the, he couldn't sit there and be like, Lord, I totally messed the address up, right? Like he, get, it's on Straight Street, man, get there. Judas, you know the guy, right? Get there, you're gonna see, he's in there, same thing Abraham, so this is how detailed the voice of the Lord was. Same thing Abraham and Sarah. Abraham is outside of the tent. Sarah is old. She's, she's barren. She's never had children. It says she's old, way past childbirthing age. And Abraham is having a conversation with the Lord. The Lord is speaking to him, and he says, your wife, who's way past childbearing years, I'm going to give her a son. She laughs inside of the tent. This wasn't a vision that Abraham, he was having a conversation with the voice of the Lord. She laughs because she overhears the Lord. She's like, you crazy. So there is a voice of the Lord that's tangible. Secondly, there's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord, the scripture. I'm talking scripture. Scripture revealed. You're thumbing through, you're reading through the word of the Lord, and then all of a sudden something jumps out at the pages to you that speaks to your heart. Difficult situation maybe you're in, and all of a sudden it says the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. And you're like, wow, God, you just spoke to me. I needed that. So the word of the Lord speaks to us. Number three, three. And you've got, talked a little bit about that with Ananias. One of the most popular ones is 1 Samuel chapter 3. And you've got Samuel, this young man, Eli, who's kind of training him up. And Samuel hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up and he runs into Eli three different times. He says, you called me. Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. He does it again. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. I does it again. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then Eli all of a sudden realizes, oh, wow, the Lord's speaking to him in, through visions and dreams. He says, go back and lay down again. Samuel goes back, lays down, probably falls asleep, hears the word of the Lord again. Samuel, Samuel. And he remembers what Eli said to him. When you hear him call your name, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So in this time of dreaming, he gets this word of the Lord. The Lord speaks to him through visions, through dreams. And then finally, um, number four is others. The Lord uses other people. That's why there's this gift of prophetic giftings on our life where you may have been in the word and you got prompted with a word for somebody, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom for somebody, and you went up to them and you said to them, look, I don't know what you're going through, but I really feel like maybe you've been going through a challenging season in your life. I'm just supposed to let you know the Lord loves you and he sees you. Now, when you say that and you felt like the Lord said it for that person and that person, oh, the Lord has heard my cry. 
It raises their faith in that moment where inside of them they're going, the Lord just spoke to me, he just used whoever, right? So he uses the word, he uses dreams and visions, he uses other people, and he's got an audible voice. Why is all that important? Because it has to be practiced and developed. And what I mean by that is there are times where you may just get it, and there may, are times where maybe you don't just get it. But it's all the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and being in tune with him and opening your heart to what he has for you. And so there's this, pra- I was sharing both services, the one like thing that I've always wanted to do in my life, my mom taught uh, guitar lessons, my brother knows it, Matt knows it, Jacob, all these guys around here, I feel like they're super talented at guitar, except for this guy, right? And so they'll be in there having their little jam sessions, you know, in, in the back room there, and I'm just like, hey guys, I can come and do the shaker, you know? <laughs> and even, I'm even off on the shaker, all right? Anyways. It's a hard issue, I'm just dealing with some things with that. All right, so we're back there, and all of a sudden, one of them be like, hey, hey, do you guys hear that? Your, your guitar's out of tune. Like, what are you talking about? Sounds super good. Like, no, no, we can hear it. The guitar's out of tune. With their ears, when one's playing, they're like, oh, yeah, it's really bad. I'm like, what do you mean? They can hear with their ears when one string is out of tune, and I'm going, sounds great to me. I've got my shaker, right? <laughs> sounds great to me. They've done it for so long in practice that they can hear with their ears when something doesn't sound right. Whereas everybody else that's not musical, anybody else out there, come on. Praise the Lord for you people. There's a special place in heaven for us, all right? It's called outside of, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, totally messing, totally messing. Um, so so, so I can't hear it, but with their ears, they're tuning it back to how it is. Why? Because they practice and train themselves to hear how it needs to be tuned. There's something about you and I tuning our hearts to the Holy Spirit so that we can hear what the Lord is speaking to us. Amen? Okay. So what this all starts with is the Holy Spirit, and then the second part of that was opening your heart. Your heart is the receiver, is the tuner to hear the Lord. So if your heart is closed, if you don't want to let the Lord have all of your heart, you're telling he can have a portion of it, it will be difficult to hear his voice. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and your heart, your heart is the tuner to find the Lord, the receiver to hear from the Lord. Um, I'm always fascinated, I'm fascinated with moms with toddlers, all right? And I'll tell you why. Um, moms with toddlers, preschool, and then some younger ones that come in from, from time to time, yeah, right? So I, we've got preschool, and then some younger ones that come in from Mom's Day Out, and sometimes they'll come up and they'll talk, I can't understand a word that's coming out of their mouth. They're, t- oh, she's asking for a drink. I'm getting nothing. And mom can come up and be like, oh, she's asking for a drink. And I'm like, how did you get that? <laughs> or I can be talking with, you know, kid over here, and he's speaking to me, and I'm just going, <laughs> yeah. And no idea what he's saying. Mom comes up and says, oh, he's got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, how did you get bathroom out of <laughs> And these moms will say, because I spend 24 waking hours with that little voice that I love, they're in tune. They know the promptings of every word. They get it. They can make sentences out of what I can't. Why? Because their hearts, these mamas' hearts, are in tune with that little one. God's heart is in tune with us. Our heart's supposed to be in tune with him. 
So we've got to open our heart that what may not sound right to everybody else, we'll hear it through the noise. Amen, church? It's a heart issue. It's a Holy Spirit issue. We've got to open ourselves up. In fact, it's so passionate right now that the author of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 3 says this. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't harden your receiver. Don't harden your tuner. He says, when the Holy Holy Spirit says, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the day of rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. So he's saying, I worked all around them. I was moving all around them. They hardened their hearts. They couldn't hear me. That is why I was angry with that generation and said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. Going back to what Isaiah said, we can know life when we hear his voice, or we can know death when we don't. And death could just be lost out opportunities, lost out dreams, lost out purposes, feeling like, who am I, what am I doing? So the question in just my heart for us as a church is, do we expect him to speak to us? Do you expect him to speak to you? And if you do, and I want to challenge you with one more thing. If you have an expectation now, you believe the word of the Lord says he speaks to you. If you have that expectation, I want to challenge you then. There's a discernment key that comes from this. If I expect that the Lord is speaking to me, then I need to understand that there are other voices trying to speak to me as well. Some are from myself. Some are from the enemy. Some of those are from God. So those are the three primary places you're going to hear voices trying to speak to you as well and warring for that attention. And again, it's all about just the attunement of your heart. If my wife called me today, if she called me today um, and, and I answered the phone, she wouldn't have to say, hey, Aaron, it's Christy, right? Because we're in relationship together, she wouldn't have to tell me it's Christy. I know her, we've done life together, I get it, we've, we've had that, that together, right? In the same way that Christy and I, because we've been in life together for over, for over 20 years together, that she can walk into a room and she can put her hand on my shoulder and I know what that prompting means. If it's a pat, it means, mm-hmm, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> if it's like a little rub, it's like, all right, we're good, right? Like, I know that prompt because we've done life together. She can speak. She, she, she can give me the eye look. Anybody know the eye looks, right? She can give me the eye look, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> or she can give me the eye look, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys hear me? I can walk into the room where she's simply present, not a word is spoken, and I can feel the atmosphere of the room. It's chilly in here, <laughs> right? Why? Because we're in relationship together. Now imagine, just imagine for just a moment if you could discern the voice of the Lord in the same way. Where you walk into a room or you're in your moment of quiet time and you're discerning what it is that the Lord is speaking to you. And here's how you kind of know and distinguish between those three things. If it's yourself, it's probably thoughts you've had many, many times. Maybe it's logical thoughts. It's about your day. It's things that you think about often. If it's from the enemy, it's almost always condemning. 
It's almost always condemning. So it's almost always condemning because his purpose is to still kill and destroy. It's usually negative. It's usually destructive. It's usually vicious. Now, he may put a nice bow around it and make it look good. He may say, hey, he, you may hear a voice of the Lord says, take that job. You're going to kill it. You're going to make all this money. But you know what? You're going to have to leave your family behind. That's, that's the voice of the enemy. Here, here's why. It's condemning what God has called you to, which is to press into your family. And then, how do you know if it's the voice of the Lord? It will always line up with Scripture. Listen, it will always line You're not going to get a new revelation outside of the Word of the Lord. It will always line up with Scripture. It will always line up with the character of Jesus. And the character of Jesus is loving. The character of Jesus is wise. He's healing. At times, it's convicting. Not condemning, but convicting. Amen? And so, if you have... Let's just use this example. You have an issue right now with somebody. There's some unforgiveness for you. And you go, really felt like I heard the voice of the Lord says that I don't have, ever have to forgive that person. I'm going to tell you, it's not the Lord. It's just not the Lord. He'll always tell you to forgive. You don't have to forget. You don't have to be best friends with them. You don't have to do life with them. But you have to forgive them. So he's going to stick with his nature, which is as freely as you've been forgiven, forgive others. Right? So these are those ways in which we can begin to press in. So how do we get that rhythm of our heart? Four things, four things, and we close out. Four things. Here we go. Listen. This is how we get the rhythm of our heart. Psalm 46.10 says, be the voice of the Lord. Will you bring those up on the screen? Number one, be still. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm going on. Be still, know that he is God, and just trust him in that moment. I'm going to give you that moment, Lord. I'm just going to step back, and I'm going to press into you. Listen, Isaiah 40, 40, 31 is an amazing verse that we've ruined because we put it on every card imaginable, okay? And it says this, those who wait, somebody say wait. wait. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you feel like you're running on empty, you need to wait on the Lord. He goes on, he says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. If you feel weary, you need to wait on the Lord. And then finally, he says, they shall walk and not grow faint. If you feel like, oh man, I could just, oh, life is just overwhelming, you need to stop and wait on the Lord. Number two, be still. Number two, look and focus. Get a visualization of Jesus. Get a visualization of Jesus. I mean, picture that you're in relationship with one another. Do picture it. Get a picture of Jesus, and then as you get a picture of Jesus, then ask him questions. You heard James talk about this. Just ask him questions like, Jesus, how do you see me? What do you, what do you think about me, Jesus? And if condemnation comes and says, you know what, you don't measure up, you're always making promises and you're breaking them, you're never following through, you're not a very good father, you stink at this, you're no good at this, I want you to take those, wrap them up into a big ball and throw them out of your mind because that's the enemy speaking into your life. When you're visually, visualizing Jesus and you're asking them those, what do you think, what do you think about me? Or asking the question, what do you want, what do you want to do with me today, Jesus? Be still, look, now it's time to listen. You asked him the question, now listen, what is Jesus saying? Maybe he's saying, this is what I think about you, I love you, oh man, I delight in you. You're one of my favorites, you're one of my favorites. 
could be this. I miss you. I miss our time. Like, hey, come here. Raps is on. There's some challenges we got to work, work through together, but I'm not going to leave you alone in them. I'm going to walk through them with you. Could be that nature that you're hearing from, from the Lord. So you're listening in to see what he has to say. And then number four is write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Because here's the deal, when the Lord gives you something and you really feel like he's speaking your life, maybe it's for the moment, maybe it's for later, maybe it's for a far, far, far future. But a lot of times the Lord will tell the guys in the Old Testament especially, write these things down for their, for a future time. So if you feel like the Lord's speaking to you, write it down, sit on it, have it in your journal, go to your men's group, your women's group, your life groups, your Bible study, your accountability groups, whatever it is, because you should be in one outside of Sunday mornings where you're getting poured into and you're pouring into others, write it down, and then bounce it off. Hey, uh, so I wrote down something I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart, something about like he wants me to take some risks and that he's with me and he's got me. And you don't know that somebody might come alongside and be like, I was praying for you the other day and I felt like the Lord said, you're supposed to go on this mission trip with me to Guatemala. We're supposed to jump on an airplane and go to Rwanda because Cindy's Hope is asking us to come. And you're going, oh my gosh, I definitely didn't hear from the Lord, right? No, you did. So sometimes you gotta write it down so that you can really process through it. And I'll tell you how important that is. Isaiah, the young man that was standing up here, shared a story with me last week about how you know, how important it is to hear the whole thing. And he was gonna stay out with Ryan and Bree in Goddard. And he was typing in their address and he said he missed essentially one letter in their address. Just one letter. And it took him all the way to Augusta. So he's supposed to be in Goddard. One letter that didn't get written down right took him to Augusta in the opposite direction. Two in the morning, gas tank's almost empty. Isaiah's from California doesn't know Kansas, his phone's on 1%, and I'm ensuring his mind is going, I'm going to die here in the country, right? Now the young man is as faithful, full of Jesus as you'll find. And what he said when he came in, he goes, essentially with just like one little thing off, it took me in the opposite direction. And I felt like the Lord was going, that's how it is when we hear his voice. We've got to jot it down, pray into it, so that we're not off going the opposite direction that he wants us on. Amen? Okay, one more story, and then then we're going to practice it. Their presence worship was going to uh, uh, Larnard, Kansas. And one of the guys that's on their team, Shane, I asked him, I said, Shane, how was, how was Larnard, Kansas? And he goes, man, it was so good. God was awesome there. And he said, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people came from Hayes. And I asked Shane if I could share the story. He said, a lot of people came from Hayes. And he said, one young man in particular came from Hayes. And as he was driving into Larnard, he felt like the Lord had spoke to his heart, prompted his heart. I want you to, and this guy's not from Larnard. He's from Hayes. So the Lord says, I want you to drive down the street, and at the end of the street, there's going to be a white house. So this guy's like, okay, I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to obey what you say. If the white house isn't down there, then maybe it was just me. I didn't hear from the Lord. He drives down the street. Guess what's on the end of the house? A block, a white house. So he pulls up to the white house. The Lord's like, I want you to go and just knock on the door. I want you to invite this, who's ever in this house, to come to the worship night. Modern Kansas, lots of houses, small town, but still lots of houses. Knocks on the door of this one house and says, I'm supposed to invite you to a, a worship night that's happening down here. Just want to be obedient to the Lord. There was a young lady that answered the door. She said, thank you. She came to the worship night. She gave her life to Jesus. And I was like, Shane, 
You could go and do concerts all over. 10 million people could show up and it wouldn't be anything more than the testimony of the White House and Larnard where Jesus saw a young woman that he wanted forever and ever and ever and all eternity. That's the story right there. That he would speak to your heart to go after the White House in Larnard, a small town. You could have worship nights packed. He f That's what the voice of the Lord does. He finds you, amen? He finds you, you can't hide from him. Lord, the band's gonna sing a song over you. And I wanna ask you this question. And I just want you to close your eyes, visualize. What do you think about me today, Jesus? Do you think about me, Jesus? Just asking that question. What do you think about me today, Jesus? And if a condemning thought comes in your mind, throw it out. If you can follow it up with, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Maybe he gives you something, maybe he doesn't. If he just sit here for a moment. Just test it and see if it's the Lord. Just sit here for a moment. Trust the Lord's word. We're just practicing it today. What do you think about me, Jesus? What do you want me to do today, Jesus? Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.